0: we have successfully logged back in to the matrix indeed we have I see lots of green things that's how it works right we are plugged in
1: to la la matrix I like it no I don't Mm -hmm. mm -mm. Uh No. Uh (laughs) (laughs) sorry french people (laughs) I I try things sometimes and they don't always work that's okay (laughs) we'll just keep going I think We're that's good. life
0: for you. I think we all are just try, <laughs> all of us are just here trying things, saying things. Welcome to week three.
1: Week is the third
0: like? of week matrix. Week the
1: third, part three of the matrix. Yeah. Which in in the matrix film series that is matrix, the matrix revolutions. Yes, that's what we would be today. My, can I just say, this is the end of a very long day. Yes,
0: and my brain is not fully here right now. Yes. <laughs> if if I had the the option to like, if I were like our microphones and I could like plug my brain into like a USB port of a computer, I think I would opt for it right now. My brain is also mm. like, yeah. Uh, a charging port yeah that'd be really great like the yeah like in gilmore girls when they say that paris just makes a whirring noise instead of <laughs> sleeping she just makes a, br- a brief whirring noise and <laughs> shuts off for a little bit and <sighs> makes, Yeah,
1: if we could all just be paris geller yeah that would that would be a wonderful place
0: who knew she would be the favorite <laughs> but she totally is she's the best anyway oh, i love her <laughs> she's not in this movie these movies unfortunately um,
1: right she'd be pretty She. but i feel like uh i feel like gilmore girls definitely had some great matrix references because like it was right around the same time so, sure like, that was what was happening in pop culture yeah I can't think of any specifically right now, but I'm sure they. I'm sure they made them. (laughs)
0: The the one I can think of the most is like Lorelei's long. Lorelai had a few like long, um, leather jackets that, and I was reading. Yep, yep, yep. I was reading some things about how like the Matrix influenced the style of the time, and people kind of sought out that kind of, like cyberpunk aesthetic. yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's definitely something surprising no one, since I mentioned it in our first episode, but also Mm -hmm. because it makes sense. Anime played a large part in The Matrix. Um, Mm -hmm. It influenced a lot of it. We talked about how anime has always been doing really interesting things with science fiction stories. So it makes a lot of sense that The Matrix would have pulled from anime. But I have a smorgasbord of different anime works that I would like to talk to you about. All right. I feel like I'm selling you, like, dictionaries, like those dictionaries. Those th- or, like, the encyclopedia salesman. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, on Friends when Joey
1: buys, like, the the one on, it's it's V, so it's the one on, like, so he, like, wants to talk about the Vietnam War, and then everyone's like, oh, did you see that documentary on the Korean War? And he's like... <laughs> No. oh no i can't talk about this intelligently
0: i love that one that's that's a good one just yeah. the, the idea of buying an encyclopedia I He just know. bought one volume yeah you can me. just afford
1: the one so you one. can read about like volcanoes oh and that's the one where he's like yeah you don't want to blow up like that
0: vesuvius <laughs> yeah oh joey oh joseph joey. Tell
1: me about Ghost in the Shell.
0: Yeah, so um, there's a few of them that really went into play and so I wa- in influencing The Matrix. So I wanted to go over a few. And this is based on several different interviews about what they've pulled from and where they were kind of influenced as they wrote The Matrix. So, so there are two pieces. There are Akira and Ninja Scroll, which both... Oh are stories of kind of the same dystopian future. There's a conversation on good versus evil. And in these two specifically, there's also that cyberpunk aesthetic that's going Mm -hmm. on, which is really important to the look of the Matrix, right? You can't watch the Matrix without seeing the heavily stylized aesthetic that they're going for. And it's really... It pulls from things I'm going to talk about today and then also in our next episode, things like Blade Runner and yeah, that look was very much what they were going for with the Matrix films. So when you look at still frames of Akira and Ninja Scroll, these similarities in look are really kind of obvious. So Rhonda, can I ask you a question? Hmm. Okay. When you see Trinity or Neo or Morpheus in your mind's mm-hmm. eye, what are they wearing? What are the first things that you think of?
1: Um, casual Hawaiian shirts.
0: Sure. A Tommy Bahama.
1: lots Yes. Um, baseball caps or maybe mm-hmm. Panama hats. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, they've all got those, uh, those like stadium hats things also where you can stick two cans of Mm -hmm. beer or beverage of choice. They all have those. Yeah. Um, And then, you know, just big old hiking boots. They they dress like dads on vacation.
0: Do they now... Now, perchance, do they have a foam finger as well? Or is that a different no, thing?
1: Okay. That's a
0: totally, that's a dad at a baseball game. Oh, it's a different type <laughs> of dad. Yeah. Different
1: type of dad.
0: Different types of dad. Why don't they have dad action figures? Anyway. Action figures. Action no. figure.
1: Nope. Nope. We're not doing that. I'm into I it. I tried it.
0: No. <laughs> well, friends, my experiment has failed. None of those things hmm. happen in Akira or Ninja Scroll. Oh, dang it. However, <laughs> the sunglasses, those like little circular sunglasses that uh-huh. I don't see how they're effective or like.
1: No. <laughs> well, or they're just like the like the wraparound sunglasses that like yes. cover your eye
0: socket. And then yes. Like... <laughs> yeah, like those ones. Oh, oh, my, I just, I just had a moment where I was imagining what that would feel like. I did not uh-huh. like it. Well <laughs> like those, those little like strange sunglasses and then the um, long leather jackets, I think. The are... aforementioned long leather jackets. The F, af- absolutely. Yes. Lots of dark, neutral ma- uh, materials, I think, were really important mm-hmm. um, to make that aesthetic. It's not an aesthetic that I like. It's not one that I really yeah. understand. Um, it's
1: To me, it feels very kind of like, inorganic and like which is kind of the point right because it's like cyber so like it's very technological
0: no natural fibers it also always makes me laugh that sometimes these things are noted as like utility clothing but they're so cumbersome like those long (laughs) jackets you really can't get around in them no
1: like how you gonna run in that jacket
0: Uh, yeah how is
1: well, I mean, I guess it doesn't make a difference if you're in the Matrix and you if can you're... just make the jacket yeah. do what you want. Like, yeah, I mean, that's fine.
0: That's less of, that's more of a concern when you wear it in, in Earth, in I real suppose. Life. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. But all to say that these are all very much fashion choices that are present within both of these animes. So um, Akira and Ninja Scroll. And then we also, this is the more fun, well, not Fun, capital F fun, but the more <laughs> analytically fun part is that another similarity... The part that makes the brain go burr. I loved that so much. The part that makes <laughs> the brain go burr. So does it make you chill? Does it make you feel cool?
1: Like it makes your, like gets your brain excited.
0: I like it.
1: That Or, that... or it makes your brain like purr like a kitty cat. A kitty
0: kitty cat cat. Yeah, I love it. Um, so the part that makes my my brain start to purr is this government <laughs> section, this government or kind of idea of corporations as villain, which vi- is real life, which is actually just, just <laughs> which real is actually life. just real life. <laughs> yeah, and that's definitely present in Akira and Ninja Scroll and The Matrix. Right. So mm-hmm. the agents in The Matrix are very much like corporate they're very they're in yeah. there
1: it well and it also brings to mind like well and you have this in your notes too but it, but like agent that brings to mind like government like right an fbi agent you know or like a
0: cia agent yeah that kind of definitely that kind of secrets behind closed doors type corporation feel mm-hmm also, whenever I look at the agents in The Matrix, I always think about, like, corporate greed specifically. I don't know if it's the suitcase. I don't know if it's the guy. The guys.
1: Cases and, like, the,
0: yeah. Yeah, I don't know what <laughs> it is, suits. but it, it feels very greedy to me. I, maybe it's just the idea of a corporation feels greedy, but they, mm-hmm. and then it has that, that kind of conversation between... The person in the world versus the corporation and trying to figure out what's real and what's um, fictitious or what has been marketed to you by the corporation is very much, I would say, a central um, concern in the Matrix and in Akira and Ninja Scroll. And I think that's a really important conversation for all of these pieces I I don't know um, how much our uh, learner or learners you're not my students <laughs> you're not my students so Ninja Scroll well kind of kind, kind of not not really yeah
1: but I mean ish there
0: are students
1: slash audience
0: I hope my students <laughs> don't find this that would be weird uh, that would be real weird but anyway the creators of Ninja Scroll also helped to create the animatrix so if you haven't if you haven't seen it i've only seen the stills and kind of read the synopses of it but um the animatrix
1: I wonder if you can watch it so like all of the matrix movies are on hbo max i wonder if animatrix is on there i should check it out
0: it's probably somewhere it got a really big cult following so yeah. it's probably somewhere But the Animatrix is nine short films that can be watched all together or as kind of standalone pieces that give more of a backstory to the world of the Matrix. And it's really neat because it's it's um, they're all illustrated. They're drawn. So it just makes for a really wonderful um, visual experience, I think, with this story specifically, I think. It lends itself really well to illustrations because mm-hmm. there's so much you can do there that, yeah. um, that takes it kind of a step further the movies are aesthetically incredible like that's that's so cool it's so cool to see the grittiness of like a real life situation and I think that's something I really love about the the movies that use live action. But I do also think it adds another different layer to see it drawn. So I think that's pretty cool. And so, yeah, it's nine short films that can be watched either together or separately that tell us things such as how the matrix even started. Mm -hmm. It kind of gives that backstory to the main characters, Keanu Reeves and um, Carrie Ann Moss provide voices for it for one of them Cool. so it has that kind of continuation and it also extends the universe past just neo and his world so we also mm-hmm. meet some other characters and i think it's really neat that they would work with that they would get to work with someone that inspired them like i would i would imagine that as a writer if i got to work with a writer who would inspired mm-hmm. me on like something jane austen right on like oh some, my gosh and then, like, if it was specifically about something that I had created, so you could go full circle with it, I just thought that was really cool. Like, the geek in me understands that that would be like a really neat experience. The geek in me
1: acknowledges, it acknowledges the geek, the geek in you, in
0: you. exactly. <laughs> I just think it's really fun to kind of see creators working together and going full circle.
1: I'm I'm really happy for you. Uh... <laughs>
0: I feel like there's also likely some religious imagery in there.
1: Well, you know what? There is. So, (laughs) yeah. So this was, of course, like the thing that I was both most looking forward to researching and also most dreading researching. Um, Sure. So... (laughs) As many listeners may know, I both love and am baffled by religion. So, yeah, <laughs> when which I mean, but I'm sure a lot of people could say that. So when I was a young teen um, in the youth group at my church, so, you know, like early to mid 2000s, The Matrix movies were a very big deal at that time. Of course, yeah. And I was also... I don't know if this was just my church or if this was, like, kind of the larger movement um, within my sect of Christianity, but we were kind of part of, like, this movement that was all about being, like, quote-unquote, culturally relevant to, like, what was happening in the culture. And so, like, we would... Like they would bring in like popular movies and TV and, and kind of like discuss them, bring them in to be discussed in terms and like in conjunction with like spiritual and theological concepts. It was like that was how that was like, hey, the kids like these movies. Let's talk about the movies, but then oh, we're actually talking about Jesus. Like I that
0: love that all though. The time.
1: What yeah. a neat lens.
0: <laughs> like that's so right? cool.
1: Um, so, and, like, and I have, like, clear memories of scenes from the Matrix movies being shown at my youth group to, like, illustrate, like, sermon points.
0: Sure. So,
1: this is, like, and I think this was kind of, like, a phenomenon in, like, all of church culture in the early to mid-2000s that, like, oh, we gotta talk about the Matrix. It was, like, the Matrix, Gladiator. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like I don't know but I feel like those two were discussed a lot yeah (laughs) so I have like kind of a long a long-standing view of the matrix through this lens of religion and vice versa in, in a weird way so of course coming at this purely from like a Christian framework that's where most of my like And, like, things that I just immediately notice, like, are going to be, like, from that Christian framework. But The Matrix draws from and alludes to several different, like, religions and philosophy and mythologies, like we talked about last time. Um, But in addition to Christianity, it also draws a lot of ideas from Buddhism, Gnosticism, or Christian Gnosticism, as well as Hinduism, and um, this source that I'm reading says Judaism, although I didn't really find a lot of, like, specifically, like, Jewish religion. There's, like, references to things from the Old Testament, Um, so that would be, um, obviously, a, a Jewish reference, but, yeah. Anyway, so I wanted, originally, to kind of break it down, like, into like specific references by religion so like here's all the christian references here's yeah, all the Thomas yeah 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 but i think like all of the religious and spiritual themes in the matrix end up becoming so like intertwined with each other and i think that like a lot of a lot of the themes and a lot of the like imagery can be read like through a a Christian lens or through a Buddhist lens and like, right. So like, I don't think that it would be possible to really like separate everything out. Sure. Yeah. 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 So we're just going to kind of go through some of the highlights that I found throughout my research. So I went right to the source. I went to the matrix fandom wiki (laughs) Oh yeah, uh huh. (laughs) Their page on religious symbolism (laughs) in the movies. So, the fandom wiki, like preamble or whatever, (laughs) um, is uh, makes note of the fact that there are so many kind of intertwined references to different religions that we can't really say that like all of the symbolism is with you know just one religion but it's kind of like an all-encompassing spirituality I guess if yeah if we want to ascribe it to you know to one specific thing then it would yeah the wiki page actually does um separate it by like references within specific religions but it's so like the only one, the only one of these sections. So this is like a fan written page, obviously. Uh-huh. Um, so like the only one of these sections that's really fleshed out is the one for Hinduism, which I thought was really interesting because I didn't really find a lot about Hinduism anywhere else. So yeah. this just noted that a lot of the names are references to Hinduism or um, it specifically notes that there are hovercrafts named after Hindu deities.
0: Oh, interesting.
1: So we have like Vishnu, Shiva, Brahma, Ganesha. I think uh, I don't remember which movie those are in. But yeah, I do remember noting that. Yeah, um, the first time I watched it. And so a lot of the most of the rest of what I kind of focused on is more of, like, the intertwining of Christianity, Gnosticism, and Buddhism. So, actually, let's start with Neo himself. Sure. So, this is from a Medium article that just kind of synthesizes, like, kind of all of the Christian... Symbolism and messaging behind Neo or Thomas Anderson. Um, the name Neo is an anagram of one. Sure. Right? So Neo and one. Um, his real name is Thomas Anderson. So Anderson comes from Greek um, andros, which means man, and son. So um, son of man. And Son of Man was a name that Jesus referred to himself by to indicate that he was fully human as well as fully divine. That so, is so interesting.
0: That's really yeah, cool. Right?
1: And then his first name, Thomas, obviously connotes like Thomas the Apostle who wrote apocryphal works um, that didn't make it into like, you know, the... The quote-unquote official Bible, but wrote sure. <laughs> apocryphal works, and he's also doubting Thomas, who didn't believe that Jesus had risen from the dead until he saw it with his own eyes. Okay. Which if you've, I don't, I don't remember. Is that part in Jesus Christ Superstar?
0: <laughs> oh,
1: I don't remember. I don't anyway, remember either. I was like, could I explain this? just through what's portrayed in Jesus Christ Superstar. I don't I mean, know, probably, but, but yeah. <laughs> probably. <laughs> and then also, so in his apocryphal book, um, The Gospel According to St. Thomas, it is indicated that Thomas was the brother of Christ. Okay. And Thomas also, I believe, means twin. So it, with these two factors, we kind of have this like, duality of Thomas slash Neo. So his identity of Thomas is, you know, one half of that duality, and then the other half is Neo. And so we have Thomas who is doubting his role in, you know, in liberating the human race, and then Neo as fully accepting that role and ultimately becoming the one or the redeemer. So there's kind of, like, two sides to that.
0: That is so cool. Oh, my goodness. Right? I was like, "Oh, that's cool. I
1: love um, I that. Even, yeah. Um, and then, we, of course, we also have Neo as the one or the chosen one. Mm-hmm. Um, a very clear reference to Christ as the Messiah, which Christ actually is the Greek. Well, it's a derivative of the Greek word that, like, basically means the same thing as Messiah. Okay. Um, so, the, whose coming is prophesied so like there was a prophecy about the one um, just like there were prophecies about Jesus um, if you believe that Jesus is the Messiah and this is the one who is prophesied who possesses the power to put an end to the domination of evil and the prophecy announces that he possesses a set of supernatural abilities to perform miracles and then allow him to face the forces of evil as he returns to life, and then um, I also really liked this BBC news article from like two thousand three. I think this is right before um, the Matrix Reloaded came out. Okay, so it was just kind of like digging into like the different ways that that certain aspects could be interpreted through religious lenses yeah so this article points out that we don't really have the idea of like sin or forgiveness or repentance in the matrix as we do in christianity um instead people just need to be liberated from like the illusion of the matrix which that is actually more of a buddhist idea than a christian idea yeah and then also This article points out that in the Matrix, there is no God who is in charge, but there is fate. Okay. Um, And so, again, this is more of a Buddhist idea than a Christian idea. Yeah. (laughs) And then this also gets a little bit into the idea of Gnosticism. So the Gnostics were like, kind of an offshoot of Christianity in, like, the second century. So, like, they accepted the story and the religion that had built up around Jesus, but they interpreted the meaning of of Jesus and of his story differently. So they believed that instead of, like, needing to be saved from sin, Jesus came to give us, like, true knowledge which frees us from the material world so kind of like plato and the allegory of the cave
0: sure yeah call
1: back to last week (laughs) yeah and gnostics actually share kind of similar philosophy with buddhism so both of them um are seeking to escape into a good and peaceful and disembodied existence so like Mm -hmm. disembodied from the material world But then, of course, like, in The Matrix, when Neo escapes from The Matrix, he is still, like, in a physical world. So... Right. Like, obviously, you know, it's not, like, a one-for-one allegory. Um, Yeah, yeah. And wasn't intended to be, so... Yeah. But then this article does point out that Neo is... he's not trying to escape the real world, he's trying to liberate... Um, the people who are stuck in the matrix. So in that way, it is more, that is more of a Christian idea that humanity needs to be saved rather than transported to another world, basically. Sure, Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So uh, claims that the world is basically good, though spoiled, and should not be escaped, but repaired.
0: Yeah. I
1: thought um, kind of a, a fun thought to wrap this up with so i mentioned last week that there are like a dozen books that are about like the matrix and philosophy the matrix and religion like all these different things um so there was one that i found um i didn't i didn't get the book i didn't read it but i thought that the synopsis sounded interesting um it's called the gospel reloaded uh, one of the authors is uh, Greg Garrett, who is a professor of English at Baylor University. Uh-huh. So this book came out, like, I think right around the same time as Matrix Reloaded, which is why it's called The Gospel Reloaded. Uh-huh.
0: Um, <laughs>
1: right? See, like, this is, like, the kind of thing that, like, that, like, in the churches that I grew up in, this was, like, oh, we're gonna put this pop culture reference in here. And, yeah. like, like that's, this is, like... Uh, so many this is like okay i can't even i can't even talk this is like this was <laughs> i love it Yeah. Anyway, so i found a publisher's weekly review of the gospel reloaded that i thought was like fantastic like i felt like i i actually read the book after i read this review <laughs> um so it's, it says of the matrix like any pop culture phenomenon worth its salt the film managed to be all things to all people claimed by Christians as an allegory of resurrection and by Buddhists as a metaphor of awakening. Shay and Garrett, who are the authors are primarily concerned with the movie's Christian themes. Neo as the Christ, Morpheus as John the Baptist, which I didn't, which that's like, yeah. Um, who prepares (laughs) the way (laughs) I'd also heard, um, of Morpheus, Neo and Trinity as representing the Trinity, So we have Morpheus as the father, Neo as the son, Trinity as the Holy Spirit.
0: That's what I had always heard. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But then that
1: also fits with like the, there's like the Trinity in Egyptian mythology of Isis, Horus, and Icarus. No, not Icarus. That's Greek. Anyway, there's another. Yeah. Anyway. Yes. Morpheus as John the Baptist who prepares the way, Trinity as the female face of God, um, and then this is funny. That's not the only thing that may cause more conservative Christians to put on Agent Smith faces. <laughs> um, elsewhere, the authors very thoughtfully entertain the idea that the matrix that is oppressing people in our own society may well be organized religion.
0: Oh, okay. Like,
1: ooh, I like that. I yeah. think. I think that like corporate interest in politics is more oppressive at this point than organized religion (laughs) but organized religion can be like tied up in that as well so anyway interesting but then um garrett um one of the authors the the one who's a professor of english at baylor university was also (laughs) quoted in this npr article about spirituality in the matrix um, and Garrett said, religion and spirituality are communicated to our culture by movies much more than they are by traditional venues of synagogue or church. A really good myth does more than just create a symbolic world. It articulates the feelings that a culture already feels or believes.
0: Oh, interesting. It's like, yeah, I really, really like that. I want to take his class. Can we go?
1: Right? Yeah. Yeah. To Baylor University. Yeah. That's in that's it that's where uh Chip and Joanna I know are. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe we can meet Chip and Joanna and then we can go take this guy's
0: And then we can stay English at Magnolia Farm. Farms. Yeah. Yes.
1: Let's do it.
0: Yeah. Let's do it. The silos, I'm sorry. That's what they <laughs> The says.
1: silos. And well and the bakery. There's yes. the Magnolia Bakery.
0: Oh, I wanna go so <laughs> badly.
1: <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> But I thought that that was a really interesting way of, like, to bring it full circle to, like, my childhood of yeah. having, like, like movies used to explain, like, theology yeah. in my youth group. Like, that's, that's what, you know, that's what art and culture yeah. kind of do. Like, they express the values of... The culture that creates them and yeah. i just thought that was a really cool full circle kind of thought
0: well and like it gives like youth an on-ramp right and like a way to get excited about it and understand it you know it's it's a good thing it's a good vehicle mm-hmm. i think
1: yeah a vehicle
0: a vehicle. <laughs>
1: You know, I just started, I just started reading The Heroine with a Thousand and One Faces. Yes. By Maria Tatar. And that has like kind of a similar, like the idea that like, like in this Garrett quote where he says a good myth does more than just create a symbolic world. It articulates the feelings a culture already feels or believes. Yeah. yeah. So in like in this book, she is kind like obvious, obviously from the title, it's, in reference to Joseph Campbell, of course. And I've just read the introduction but I'm already like, yes, please yeah. please more. And so her, this book explores sort of how women throughout throughout mythology, throughout storytelling have experienced mythic growth and mythic journeys beyond the hero's journey. So Right. I'm really excited. Ooh, sign me up. That sounds amazing. And I think maybe next week I might I might incorporate some more of this in here because we're going to ta- we're going to talk about gender next week.
0: Yeah. Gender and classic sci-fi and Cle- yeah there's a lot there there's a lot of intersect there i think i i like talking about the <laughs> matrix this is fun this I is do like too. Should
1: so we who there's like a spin-off podcast that's just about the matrix
0: where we enter the we matrix enter the matrix yeah i know let's do it <laughs> the pop dna matrix ooh. ooh and yeah, I also um, on a less profound level. Everyone should also go watch the the Matrix episode of Broad City because it's really fun. <laughs> yes. it, it's real good. <laughs> it's it's just delightful. Uh, I love oh that show. Anything that um, Alana Glazer does just makes mm. me laugh and laugh. I think she's so funny.
1: Yeah, her in in uh, the Devil Wears Prada <laughs> yes. uh, adaptation that we cast. <laughs> so perfect.
0: Yes. well, well, shall we wrap it up? I never want to, but yeah, I guess so. Yeah.
1: We'll have fun next week. Oh, we got to find a quiz to take we for next do. week.
0: We do.
1: Yeah. I hope I don't get a bad character. I Oh,
0: no. If, if I get an agent, I'm going to be so sad. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. I want to get like Trinity's coat or something.
1: Yes. Trinity's
0: sunglasses. Yes. That's...
1: <laughs> Or, or like the Oracle, she's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Okay, well, all right. we'll, we'll find a quiz,
0: maybe on Buzzfeed or something. Yeah, we hey. hope you're enjoying our discussions about the Matrix. La Matrix. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Exactly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Except I don't think that you pronounce you would pronounce the X in oh,
0: French. Oh, yeah, because sure like you Grand betcha. Prix, mm-hmm. so it'd be like Bordeaux. La Matrix. <laughs> yeah,
1: La Matrix. <laughs> I love it, which just makes me think of mattress, which makes sure. me sleepy.
0: Which it might just be that we had a day.
1: It might just be that I need to go to sleep.
0: Yeah, it's time for Rhonda to go to sleep. Um, rainy.
1: well, yeah. I'm gonna do
0: that. I'm gonna go eat a bunch of food and yes, please eat food. And thanks for being here, friends. Continue to take care of each other. Please do just to get into it super briefly. It's a difficult time out there, so... It's
1: a very difficult time
0: yeah take care of the ones you love donate to organizations if you can um mm-hmm. okay well, friends well good yeah night. good night everyone and in case
1: i don't see ya good afternoon good evening and good night
0: have a pleasant tomorrow <laughs> i just rewatched the truman show so oh like... <laughs> yeah yeah sure you uh,
1: okay well goodbye okay bye friends
0: bye <laughs>